Well, welcome to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson, and I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, and uh, no doubt uh, those of you who are listening um, are uh, well aware with what's uh, going on right now in Ukraine. And um, I'm joined today by uh, Ben Tyvel, uh, our engagement pastor, uh, uh, one of the hosts of this podcast. But I'm also joined today by... Um, our impact pastor, uh, Von Dornbush. Uh, and Von, it's good to have you on the show today. Thanks, Tucker. Why don't, uh, you know, you're well uh, connected with our ministry partners in Ukraine. We, you know, Calvary has a long partnership, a long history um, with Ukraine. Um, can you share a little bit from what you've heard from some of our partners on the ground about what they're experiencing and just the example that they're setting as a church in, uh, in that region? Sure. We've had a lot of correspondence with our partners in Ukraine. You know, we have a 30-year partnership there. Um, and some, some of the things that we're hearing about are, that are encouraging, I think, are just how the church is responding. Um, we had an email just this week about the first services they had since the war began. Mm. And uh, I'll just read a little excerpt from this email. I thought it was very interesting. It says, overall, that was the first time for us to meet um, after these days of war. Worship, prayers, and preaching were way different compared to what it was before. It's hard to explain. It was just different because you are looking on many things in your life from another perspective now. Hmm. What was your priority four days ago is nothing at present moment. That is why it's so hard to find the right words. Hmm. So um, we've maybe been, maybe you've been hearing the stories as well as, as, as people are gathering in subways as bomb shelters, there's worship going on, mm. there's singing going on. So there's a connection to God. And there are many people that I, I was in Bloomington on Friday night uh, at a missionary care conference, and we led the conference off with the prayer for revival in Ukraine and Russia, because we know that God is sovereign over this whole thing. And we really believe that God is going to use this, uh, despite all the terrible things that are happening, mm-hmm. um, to bring uh, revival and bring people closer to him in the long run. That's our hope and prayer. So, what's the status of the evangelical church in Ukraine? I mean, is there is is it a large population of evangelicals? What, uh, from well, your was, knowledge, what do you know? It was the uh, when when the Ukraine church came out out of the Iron Curtain days. Um, for about ten years after that, it was the fastest growing church in the world. Wow! Uh, and it just took off, exploded. Um, there were still a lot of traditional things they were dealing with, but there was a lot of innovative things happening. And then in the last, I would say probably in the last 10 years, it's they've kind of uh, plateaued a little bit. And so there has been prayer for revival. Last time I was in Ukraine was 2019. And even then, uh, there were prayers for revival. There was talk about more innovative ministry, how to reach a population that maybe wasn't as interested in, in God at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've seen is a lot of kids that came to Christ when we first went um, and to these camps, uh, now are leaders yeah. in the churches. Wow. Uh, and so it's been fun to see how God has... So you've grown up with, you know, seeing... Yeah, the guy who leads one of our ministries there now uh, was a teenager when I first met him. Wow. And now he and his family... How many times have you been to Ukraine? Six. Okay. Which compared to other people at Calvary is a small amount. Well, I was just having a conversation with someone else that they, you know, we have a couple of... few at Calvary have been... 50 times, you know, maybe 50 times. 25, 30, I think 50 maybe be uh, uh, the it's highest. Too high? maybe. Okay. You know, it might be the highest. There may be people that have been that many times. Okay. But um, but nonetheless, we have, I mean, a lot of connections uh, to yes. Ukraine. So this, you know, for many people, this has really been, it hit them in a real personal way. Um, 
given those deep connections. Yeah, that's true. And I, we had a prayer time, you know, Sunday night at White Bear Campus, and um, the people that were there had those deep connections, a lot of them. But there were people that came that didn't, that just were called to pray, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm really seeing in terms of the crisis going on in Ukraine is there's a, a response to help. You know, there are people that could have left the country that stayed. Yeah. Because they really feel like God's calling them to do relief among the refugees. Uh, many of our partners are focusing on that right now, gathering supplies. Um, you know, one thing we're doing is sending funds immediately from our impact and benevolent funds. And mm -hmm. we're also going to plan a special offering to continue to support them as they reach out uh, to the people that are suffering. Uh, and so we've seen that not only in Ukraine, but in Haiti. You know, Haiti has been really under a, a, a revolution in a sense, too. People uh, the government falling apart, yeah. uh, gangs ruling the country, and yet the church is responding. I've had emails even this week saying, you know, we are, we're running out of our Feed My Starving Children food. When's our next shipment coming? There's so much relief work being done right now there because of the poverty and because supplies are just being cut off. So, yeah. so there's a lot to be done. And, um, you know, one of our partners that runs a camp in Ukraine uh, is actually taking in war refugees from the east as they come mm. fleeing they're staying there and they're taking care of their wow. needs. So it's powerful. Well, the question I wanted to really focus on today is that the question of how should the church respond in times of crisis? I mean, we've been through a, a time of crisis the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. We talk about a pandemic um, going through a current crisis right now um, in Ukraine. Um, how, do, how should the church respond in times of crisis? And this is a question for both of you. You know, what What have you learned the last two years yourself personally? Um, what are our partners who are living in Ukraine, you know, those who are part of the, the church there, what are they teaching us uh, through something like this? What are some maybe general principles that we can uh, discuss and uh, just apply generally to our lives? Yeah, that's a great question. I There are a few things that come to mind, and I don't know how different they are than you know, in, in quote unquote normal times, if we, if we can use that phrase, as far as the purpose of the church, you know, I, I think maybe part of what happens is there's, there's just kind of a solidifying of what the church is really meant to be about. So I do think that God uses, uh, uses difficult times to bring, you know, his body together in such a way where we're in some ways we're kind of forced to say, okay, what are we really about? What, what is the church, you know, the body of Christ really about? And so I would say the two things that come to mind, uh, well, a, a couple things, one would be benevolent action. So I, that's a phrase that could be described in a lot of different ways, but you know, Vaughn, you were already describing some of the ways that the Ukraine church is responding with benevolent action. So, so that could be, that's very tangible, right? That's like meeting the kind of on the ground needs, uh, the immediate needs that the surrounding community has. So whether that's sheltering people or providing uh, food, clothing, things like that. Uh, but I would, I would say that, uh, yeah, it would be my conviction that the church is, and, and it's, I think historically has shown up in that way in very profound ways. Uh, and I, I think you could argue has been kind of the backbone, uh, you know, almost like of humanity in, in that sense, when there has been, uh, you know, famine, flood, wars, it, it, it is the Christians who, who show up and, 
and provide uh, benevolent action in that way. So that, that speaks to presence. Like they, they, we don't leave, uh, you know, we don't run for cover kind of a thing. I mean, there is, yeah, I, you know, I mean, like you said that there are people who are staying, there are people who are saying, no, we're, we're, we're here because people need our help. And yeah, it's, uh, really, it's really the story of the good Samaritan, yeah, you know, yeah. and compassion. Right. You see someone hurting, you reach out, yeah. you get involved. And that's the call in the church for generations. Yep. So, And it's risky in, in all of those situations. Like there is a, I mean, the call of Jesus is to, is to give up your life, right? To truly find life. I mean, it's a sacrificial call. And so, pre- so benevolent action or presence. And then I think prayer is, mm-hmm. is at the top of the list in my mind. Uh, it might seem maybe to some as sort of a sedentary or, or non-action, you know, kind of response. But I think it's truly one of the most profound things that the church can do. And that's to come before God, kind of reestablish a sense of, you know, God, you are sovereign, right? I mean, you are in control. So it's, it's not even then just about the people who are coming together to pray. Like this isn't just, I'm doing this to help myself feel good or, it's truly an act of of faith, recognizing that God is in control. We trust that he uh, is all-powerful and has the ability to intervene in, in whichever way that he uh, wills to do that. And so I think it's a coming to him, pouring out our hearts. At times that's, that means lamenting, but it's, it's uh, intercession for those who are struggling and in need. And it's also a listening. We want to hear from God. God, what do you want us to do in a time like this? So those would be my a yeah, few things. That's a good point. I, it makes me think of, I have a friend in Haiti who always says, I think our country's always in such crisis because God doesn't want us to, uh, God wants us to always depend on him. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to lose that stance of dependence when things are going smoothly. You know, even the last two years in our country with COVID, it stretched us. It's made us, yeah. I think, return to God, return to things that are really important in our lives, and our, and return to community. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, community was taken away. We couldn't be with our family the way we normally are. We couldn't see, we couldn't be together in church, and so all of a sudden, we knew we needed those things again, mm-hmm. and they and we and they rose to importance again for us. So, um, yeah, and prayer. I agree with you on the prayer piece too. Mm-hmm. That dependence on God. So really important. The other one that comes to mind is, is you're talking about the importance of community coming together, meeting with, meeting with one another. We have a certain picture of what that, what that looks like or what that means, you know, here at Calvary church, that's Sunday morning, corporate worship, there's singing and there, you know, it's, it's that sort of experience. Other parts of the world that can't happen, but there's still a, uh, you know, a call for Christians to, to come together where two or more are gathered, right? There's a corporate sense of coming together and ascribing glory to God, worshiping him. So I think that would be the other thing. And it was cool to hear that, uh, the report from, you know, some of our, some of the churches in Ukraine, they're still holding services Mm -hmm. while they can. It's looking or, and or feeling different, but they're recognizing we need to, we need to still worship. We need to, put ourselves mm-hmm. like posture ourselves in a way that says, God, we trust you. We don't, we really don't, we don't know what to do and what's going to happen, but we trust you. And so I think the, that piece is so important too, right? Do, do not forsake meeting 
with one another. Uh, it's really been humbling for me the last you know week or so because here you have you know our brothers and sisters in Ukraine who have such a Christ-centered focus and outlook, and yet I find myself wrestling with my mind going to these dark places. You know, when you look at the news headlines, it was helpful for me to go you know to look at uh, Revelation, not not for the reasons that some people probably would go to Revelation during this time to try to, you know, pinpoint, you know, What's uh, current when? events <laughs> with, you know, with uh, Bible prophecy, but to go to Reve- Revelation to gain perspective hmm. on reality. And uh, I like how John starts, he says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn uh, from among the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And, you know, given this context, you know, most likely writing during the time of uh, Emperor Domitian, uh, during a time of Christian persecution, and what a, what a profound way of giving perspective uh, on the true nature and reality of things. And I just love how he describes Jesus here. He's the faithful witness. He's the firstborn uh, from among the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And, you know, you hear about these reports coming out of Ukraine, and it seems like they're living with this perspective uh, and really modeling what it looks like to live with that perspective. Yeah. What's so good about that example, Tucker, is it? I, I think when we talk about perspective— and the importance of the church, uh, and you know the body of Christ offering perspective. It's it's really important that we don't that we don't approach that in a way where we are trying to give answers or exp- or explain mm-hmm. what is happening. Like I mean, there's such a fine line there, right? Where we can come to the table and say, "Well, yep, this is happening because because yeah. this and this is happening." But I think perspective has a lot more to do with like we we point back to who God is. Yeah. So it's that redirection of and recognizing that we we don't have all the answers of why, but we we do have the answers of who, and mm-hmm. we can point back to Him and help people answer the question of who who is God. Yeah. And and who am I in light of that? What what is He calling me to do? Where do I find myself in this bigger story of who yeah. God is? And so I think that's a that's important. I haven't always experienced that in in the most positive way. I think sometimes we might feel like we need to jump to answering the question of why when that that might not be. I, I know that's a hum, that's human nature. We want yeah. we want to have an answer for why, but that's not always the most helpful. Yeah, I, I like what you said about perspective because the truth is God is God at this moment in history. Yeah, even though it seems like there's a lot of stress and distress in our world, but He was also God at other moments in history that were just as bad yeah. or worse. Yeah. And if you lose that perspective, yeah. that it makes it easy just to get panicky and really yeah. worried and trying to find solutions, like you said. Yeah. And it may just be a, a step of faith that I trust you, God, in the midst of what we're going through now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vaughn, you know, I, I know that there are many who are listening who probably want to know how can I actually get involved. You know, instead of just sitting and scrolling through the news, what can I do to actually, what can I do to help? What are some practical ways that uh, our listeners can get involved? Well, I'll give you a preview. Uh, Sunday morning, we're going to be um, handing out Ukrainian uh, wristbands that say Ukraine on one side, and then the other inside is going to say uh, 
praying with you. And just take one of those on Sunday morning. There'll be a, a prayer sheet. Mm-hmm. We also have all our prayer requests being updated weekly on, on, our, on our website. Uh, so just be involved praying. It's not just a one and done. You know, we need to be praying. You know, it says pray without ceasing. This is that moment for us to be praying for yeah. our Christian brothers and sisters in Ukraine um, as they are. It's just a, a moment of injustice that's going on, and we need to be praying for them during these days. Yeah. Um, we also are sending some funds immediately to our partners from Impact Budget and from Benevolent uh, to make an immediate you know, relief help for food and, and other supplies that are needed. But we also are in discussion right now about setting up a special offering project. Uh, Calvary has responded in the past with special offerings. When there was the Haiti earthquake, yeah. we raised a lot of money through special offerings to help rebuild homes. And you think of this war now, but down the road, look at all the damage that's being done. Yeah. This is a long-term commitment to help them get back on their feet once this is over. And and just praying that it's over in a way that they can still have freedom of worship and all the things they enjoy now. Yeah. Uh, but we need to be involved. Yeah. So there'll be opportunities to give and give sacrificially, not only our normal commitments to Calvary Church, but also beyond. You know, there's things yeah. that we may have to sacrifice because of what they're going through. Yeah. And because we're connected. This is the body of Christ. It's not yeah. just, and this is something, you know, as the mission's pastor, I stress constantly, the, the body of Christ is not just here. Yeah. We're connected all over the world. And if you travel, like Ben's been with me to Haiti, yeah. you, you've been with me to Israel, you know, yeah. the body of Christ is way bigger than our little corner of the world. Yeah. So. That's a great, that's a great reminder. Um, so I'd encourage you all uh, who are listening to, to come Sunday and, uh, you get one of those prayer bracelets. Uh, remember to be uh, praying for uh, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, and then perhaps consider giving financially if uh, if you feel God uh, leading you to do so. Um, to to give to to, to support those um, who are on the ground and uh, are in need of uh, financial support. Like you said, this is an ongoing. Uh, this is going to be a long term commitment. I mean, you look at the, the devastation and destruction uh, from the images. This is going to be. Um, a long road ahead, uh, really, regardless of how things are Absolutely. resolved. Yeah. One of the other things I would encourage or suggest is b- because of how this is just one more event in, in just kind of how the, I would say the landscape of kind of the, our future is being, you know, shifted or changed that you, I mean, you guys are right. And I'm not saying anything that's that we don't already know, but what's going on there now will deeply impact and affect, you know, the whole world, like it'll be global in some fashion. So I I think there, without being a, (laughs) I think my encouragement or my conviction, what I'm feeling like God is uh, kind of stirring in me is, Ben, where do I have you on mission? I mean, there is a, there's a piece to this uh, of being able to respond uh, on behalf of, or for my, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine so that there are practical things like Vaughn just suggested and, and prayer again at, at the top of that list. But I think it also reminds us what is the mission that God has placed you on here in your circle of influence? Ben, who are the people that I've placed directly in your life, the people you rub shoulders with every day? And just kind of increasing that that sense of why am I here? Mm-hmm. Life is, is truly but a breath. I mean... Uh, that's hard for me to say. I, I'm one who, you know, if I, if I have a moment of vulnerability, like I, I struggle with the idea of kind of, of being gone, of, of dying. I, I know some are 
have no issues with that and hurt, but that's something that I, that God is working yeah. with me on. And, but it's important to recognize like that reality of it. Life is short. And what is life really about? What is God really calling us to? And, uh, if it really is about his kingdom and if it really is about living a life, uh, to love people into the kingdom, then I want to be about that business. And I want to be doing that in the ways that he's giving me opportunity to do that every day. And it's there. Those opportunities are there. So we could be having this conversation at any point, right? On any day, at at any time of history, and it would be, it would be important. But I think there's something about, again, when, when crisis hits like this, where, like we've been talking about, there's like the important things of life just kind of like they crystallize and you're kind of asked these questions of what are we really about? Like, like the pastor said in Ukraine, what we were thinking about or what we were about yesterday is now different today. You know, you, I, I, what I hear in that is like, God is, God is just, you know, out of their circumstances, God is just like, here, this is what you're about today. This is what you need to be doing today. Yeah, it reminds me, Ben, of something my grandmother in North Dakota used to tell me. She even wrote it in one of my books she gave me. Uh, Only one life soon will be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. That was kind of her mm. mantra. That's really good. And it was a good thing for me to hear even as a 12-year-old. You know, I, I didn't accept Christ till I was 14, but it was always in my head. Can you, yeah. can you say it again? Sure. Only one life soon will be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. And with what you were saying, Ben, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, that's good. Kind of summary of everything you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great summary. I, uh, that is really good, Vaughn. And I, I, as I just am looking at this verse here that I read earlier, just just, these words keep hitting me that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness, the witness to what is true. Uh, witness to the the gospel, and as followers of Christ, we to we're, we're to be witnesses as well. And then he's the firstborn from among the dead. And what hope that gives us! I mean, to your point, Ben, that we don't have to we don't have to fear death. And then finally, he's the ruler of the kings of the earth. That everything we see going on, you know, when it looks like things are spiraling out of control. Jesus still is the ruler of the kings of the earth, and he forever will be. Um, and so less mm. like that prayer, I mean, less uh, focus on those things that truly will last, you know, doing those things for Jesus and for Jesus alone uh, and keeping that perspective. Would it be okay, to, uh, kind of on that note, I was reading Psalm 33 uh, earlier, and it just was speaking to my heart as I was dealing with some of my own anxiety, honestly, around all of this and such a good reminder. It's the, the last, it's verse 13 down to verse 22. So it's a few verses, but I think it is really helpful. If I, if you guys would be all right with me reading it. Uh, yeah. Ending with God's word is always a good way to end. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll actually start in verse 12 okay. and it says, blessed is the nation whose, whose God is the Lord the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. 
From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord even as we put our hope in you. Amen. Amen.